0: LiveLine on RTE Radio 1 with Kia. Coming soon, the all-new Sportage. For more, log on to Kia.com. 0818
1: 715 815. Hello, good afternoon and you're very welcome to LiveLine.
2: Okay, lots of people contacting us over the proposal. Uh, It almost came out of the blue. Um, that the pubs and hospitality should close at five o'clock from Monday, um, and the effect it's going to have is uh, obviously uh, influencing our callers on 0818 715 Laura Dowdle uh, runs the Viking Theatre, a small theatre in Clontarf. What will the five o'clock shutdown mean for you, Laura? Hi, Joe. Thanks
3: for Good. taking my call. Um, oh, I'm just very upset and very sad at the moment, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a little theatre over the sheds, pub in front tower. We're mm-hmm. about 50 seats. Uh, we open six days a week, every week of the year. Um, and we have gone to 50% capacity, Joe, which is very hard for us. Yeah. Um, we have our spaces between our brand new seats. We've done an awful lot of work on the theatre. We have our air filtration unit in. All our patrons wear their masks coming up the stairs sitting down, and on leaving the whole time. They produce their COVID certs, Joe. Uh, there's nobody allowed in without their COVID cert and unfortunately I've had, had to refuse a few of our patrons because they, they just forgot them, but I, I, I couldn't let them in without them. Um, they come in, they sit down and they leave after the show and most shows don't have the interval at the moment, which is great. They say they all feel very safe mm-hmm. and um, and we've just done absolutely everything, and we really, really, really don't feel that our theatre is is um, is somewhere that should really be. But, if, but it, but but it
2: will be affected if they introduce a five o'clock. Um, oh yes. Yeah, sir. and what, will you just close, Laura? You if go. we
3: have
2: Christmas carol in. Yeah. Okay. Start is, again. There was a, it's a terrible line. If they bring in the five o'clock shutdown from Monday, I presume you you just simply close.
3: I think so, Joe. Yes, I think so. All our shows are eight o'clock in the evening. Our mm. show starting on Monday for the week is Christmas Carol, and um, it's been running for about seven years.
4: Okay, and and a
3: at this time
2: every year. But the thing is, you you couldn't put on a one o'clock show because people won't come on Christmas. They week. won't come. They would love to be done. Okay, stay there, Laura Dowd, the Viking, Thanks David so. Duffy of Duffy Circus, Tom Duffy Circus, which is currently out in Tallaght Stadium, the Shamrock Rovers. Uh, location, David, what will the five o'clock shutdown mean for the circus?
5: Um, it's going to mean um, a lot more reorganisation. Um, it's obviously going to have a massive effect on our business again, Joe. Um, I can certainly sympathise with Laura there. Um, what we're looking at doing is, from maybe uh, middle of next week, when the kids are off school, and uh, mm-hmm. possibly moving our shows to an earlier times of maybe like twelve o'clock and three o'clock. I don't know if it'll work, but mm-hmm. after nineteen months um, of, of of being shut down, um, after all the heartbreak and all the hassle that every one of us in the event industry um, ha- have suffered with. We have to keep, we have to try and do something, Joe. We can't be closed down again. We we, we just can't. Like, um, financially and, and mentally, mm-hmm. Joe, we just couldn't take it anymore. I, I'm at my wit's end now.
2: And how have you been doing since you were, for example, since you arrived in Tala with the, with the existing restrictions, have, there been, uh, have you been notified of any outbreaks caused by the circus?
5: No, absolutely not. I mean, we feel, uh, again, like Laura, that we've done uh, everything that we've been asked for. You know, we have the air circulating inside. And like, you, as you know, it's uh, a big top it's yeah. massive so this huge huge uh, area um again everybody has to have their covid certs we're checking that against their IDs they have to wear masks we have the hand sanitizers inside we're social distancing we've we're actually running at less than 50% capacity because of our seating um mm-hmm. we're we're keeping everybody each you know family or pod um uh, away from each other okay. so okay so look, we're doing what we can. We're doing what we can, um, and anything is anything is better than 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 the like the torture and the suffering that we had for the 19 months closed down. Um, I just couldn't face it again, Joe.
2: And what was that like, David?
5: It was absolutely. Uh, it was heartbreaking. Um, You know, for somebody that's worked, uh, you know, all my Mm -hmm. life since I was a child, um, for somebody that has um, a legacy uh, and a heritage that's been handed down and been so proud of my whole family and and the generations before us, uh, it, it, it was devastating. Like, there was many, many a day I thought that we weren't going to get back. Mm. Um, it was tough, obviously, on, on, on all the family. It was tough on uh, my dad, who's, uh, you know, uh, in he's in the care home in pmount, having mm. to basically actually tell dad lies every time I went in to see him, telling them that everything was OK and, oh you know, God. we were all going back on tour. Um, so it, it's been a really, really tough time. Look, we've all had it really, really hard.
2: Yeah. And how have you been managing with the Christmas circus? Because I was... Uh read what John McCulgan of Riverdance, and he said it's an absolutely fantastic show that's so accolade coming from John McCulgan but how have you been doing
5: um we've been we've been doing fine um okay the 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 attendance isn't uh, great would have been reduced to obviously the fifty percent so it's at the you know at the moment it you know it hasn't been Financially viable. We were okay. obviously hoping now okay. with the, you know, with the, when the kids break from school that, um, you know, we, we would be able to make up uh, the numbers. But I have to say, it's the first time that we've done um, a Christmas circus. The yeah, first Christ. time we've been actually out for, in maybe 30 years. And rather than it being just, uh, a circus at Christmas, uh, it is actually a Christmas circus. Yeah, yeah. It's a sort of like a panto cir- uh, comes uh, a circus, and the, the the reviews we're getting is is brilliant. Like, and I'm, to be honest with you, I'm loving it, Joe. I'm really, really enjoying working at this time of the year, and again, being closed for so long. Of course, you would, but I'm loving the whole party. Uh, the and do you, do you and get any?
2: Year. Some pantos, as we know, are getting subsidies from the government. Are you getting any subsidy?
5: Um, we, you know, we're not on the, on uh, on that uh, round of uh, subsidies, but we think we are now on the strand three. We think that we're going to be uh, eligible. For some sort of support, where we can maybe get up to fifty percent of our um, expenses, but that's you know that's not what it's not what I want, Joe. I, know, I don't I know want
2: that. that. I, I, that. I, I want to be
5: I want to be working. And while we're actually just mentioned mm-hmm. on the uh, you know on on the subject of subsidies, uh, I know they've got like hammered an awful lot, and I know like Minister Catherine Martin and that um, every, we're all obviously complaining. But I have to say uh, a big big shout out and thanks to the team um, in culture down in Killarney um, the, 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 the girls down there that I've been dealing with for the last year and a half have gone way way beyond uh, everything that, they've, uh, oh, okay. that they should okay. do
6: well, maybe,
2: maybe, maybe some of the companies that got the subsidy as outlined by Mark Paul and George Times over the last few days, but didn't need it and, in fact, made good profits in the year that was in it. Maybe they would get into their Mercedes and drive out to Duffy Circus and give you a a leg up or a hand. David Cummins. David, good afternoon. In Thorless, what do you think of the 5 o'clock proposal, David?
6: Yeah, Joe, um, I think that it should be um, followed, that it should follow the uh, science from uh, Neffert and um you know it really is something that should be done for the safety of all the people
2: and do you go to pubs
6: i do well jesus i love going to the local pub here in turles i do um i do indeed but it's uh it's this is a, a pandemic we're in Um hmm. uh, people must have realized that by now it's going on about two a year and a half, two, two years
2: nearly, nearly. Two years next month, effectively.
6: Yeah. F- and so, like, if people are going to invest in their pubs, which they probably got off the government as well, they, they well, probably they got did. the money off the government. Well, they got invest- so, they
2: got some money in fairness, but they didn't get money well, to rebuild the pub.
6: Well, I know that's true but they got. And money what do you think? Of the, what in? do you
2: think of the publicans who are saying, "If we to close from five restaurants, indeed, if we to close from five o'clock on Monday, we might as well just shut down, pack up, and."
6: Well, they don't have to shut down. They just have to close at 5 o'clock. So
2: who goes, well, who would go drinking between 1 and 5 o'clock?
6: Well, there is some people that do it. You know, would you, not, would, uh, you,
2: would you live with a 9 o'clock closing or a 10 o'clock closing?
6: Um, I would follow whatever the science says. Whatever Neffit says, I would follow it.
2: Yeah, but hang on. The science in other countries isn't saying this. And other countries that are, in, that, are in a, that are in a much worse predicament than us, i.e., England, they're not well, shutting. They're not shutting the pubs.
6: They're not shutting down because um, they don't want to pay uh, the businesses, the pubs and the restaurants any subsidies like what they're getting here. Uh, Boris Johnson won't shut it down. If he could, he would. All that they're saying over in the UK is, uh, be careful when you're going out. That's what they're saying, but what else can they say? You know.
2: Well, they could it do. They could do what you advocate, uh, what you're advocating. In fairness, and that is shut the pubs at five o'clock, shut the restaurants at five o'clock, shut the nightclubs down completely. That's happened or happening.
6: Well, I'm not saying that. just nephew is saying it, and whatever the yeah. science says, Joe, I believe in the science, pure and simple. But now, is, yeah. you see these Chambers coming out, and the print of the doll there with uh, some of her Fianna Fáil Senator friends behind her and I will point out though, there was only one of them wearing a mask and all the rest of them were huddled together
2: no, I didn't see that, but what was Lisa Chambers saying?
6: Lisa Chambers was saying that the Senators in the Senate do not back um, the, the, uh, they don't back Neffet which I think is a is an absolute Shame, shame on her for doing it. It was like as if she was challenging for the leadership of Fianna Fáil, the way she was. But the didn't, way she but, but,
2: but, uh, but didn't, yeah, 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 But didn't they also say they're against it? But they'll vote, and they won't vote against the government.
6: Did sure, they say that? Look,
2: they said that. In fairness, but, but so maybe, maybe it just was she, a plinth exercise.
6: She should leave. me hall Martin, lead the party. Right. they're after coming out now, and they're after giving a side kick. Into this meeting oh, that's to happen with the cabinet this evening, okay. and it's okay. it was like as if it looked like a leadership challenge, to be honest, which I suppose wouldn't go straight to be honest with way things are going at the moment.
2: Okay, okay. Uh, Margaret's in the middle. Thanks, David. As David Cum- uh, Cummins. your point, please, Margaret. Joe at RT. Hi, Joe. Do, how are you? Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm just an ordinary person. I've adhered to all the rules up to now. Done everything by the book. And to be absolutely honest with you, I'm entirely sick of the thought that there's going to be another lockdown. And I really don't know if I'm going to buy into this much longer. I mean, we're locking down now because the hospital system, the the, the health system Mm -hmm. is not up to dealing with the extra cases of COVID. We've had two years to improve the health system. What has been done? Why are we locking down again? This could go on for the next four or five years. So I think the time has come now to start asking, what is this government planning in the longer term? Uh, It it costs about 1.5 million to to run an ICU bed for a year. Mm -hmm. In the last two years, this government has handed over just short of 200 million to horse racing and greyhound racing in the last two budgets. That's about 150 ICU beds. That could have prevented the country being closed down again really we start need we need to start asking questions here now because I I really don't know and I'm not the only person I know from talking to people this morning oh.
2: who is just sick of this. And what are you getting from your friends? What are they saying?
0: That's, there's no planning. There's no long-term planning. Because it's a, because it's a
2: pandemic. The, 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 the virus yeah, doesn't plan. Yeah, exactly,
0: Joe. It's a pandemic. It's not going anywhere soon. So we need to be planning ahead. I mean, I I never had the sense there was a plan B by this government in any of the scenarios that have unfolded. But I don't even know there's a plan A at this stage. So here we are again and we're going to lock down. So are we going to face a lockdown again next winter when when the the numbers spike again? Mm. I mean, as I say, we're locking down because the health system is not up to scratch. What is being done? To improve the health system well there's
2: been a, hundreds of millions poured into the health system in the last two years on top of the 20 going, billion though? that goes well it goes, it is it goes going? it's going to pay staff it's going to to pay staff overtime i hope people who are run off their feet it's going well, we to try RC it's go, yeah well, I, I agree with you I agree. everyone agrees with you there but yeah. if if, when you're fighting a fire and the fire is raging. You don't put in an order through the company in the UK for a new fire engine that won't arrive for two years. You try and get no. you try and get help to to fight the fire. That's on. That's Well, ongoing. you start.
0: You start but, is in the process of buying the fire engine, Joe, and you don't start spending money on a race car because okay. you you're, need a fire what? engine.
2: On a racehorse. That's what you're. a uh,
0: a racehorse or a racing dog or whatever. You spend your money wisely.
4: Okay. And okay. I mean.
0: You know, why are we spending money on stuff like that when we clearly need to keep the country open?
4: Okay,
2: okay. It looks like horse racing is going to be badly affected as well in the next few weeks.
0: Well, you know, horse racing and greyhound racing exist for the betting industry, and 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 oh, that's no, why there's they a exist. Lot of,
2: There's a lot of people who love horse racing, and and uh,
0: yeah, th- but I think we would love more to see our so what. So what? What, what?
2: What do you think should happen now, Margaret?
0: Well, what should happen now? I mean, the government could have closed the schools down today and they could have bought some time. I mean, the schools are a really high. They have high levels of infection. Why was that decision not taken? Lots of parents are keeping their children at home from school anyway. So why not do that? Why? why and I have no vested interest in, in, the, in the hospitality industry whatsoever. But... It's just incredibly. It, it's just going to damage the, the pubs and the restaurants, and they have already suffered so much in, in this pandemic.
2: So you're saying so, there should be no change?
0: Wow, well, five o'clock. I mean, that's a joke. Why? Who goes to the pub at five what? o'clock? Who goes to the pub at five o'clock? Nobody I know goes to the pub at five o'clock. People so, so. go out in the evening time.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Paddy Sharky, Paddy, your point, yeah, please. Yeah.
7: Yeah. You do well. My dear man. Oh no, he's a maniac. I'm
2: Take care, guys. Go ahead, Paddy. Am I interrupting you there?
7: I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, take, uh, time. To to you. take your time. Take your time. I'm just my young lad off the school bus.
2: Where is he? is he? Oh, is he safe?
7: Oh, yeah, we have him. Yeah, we have him. Good Thank lad, you, Joe. Good
2: lad, good lad. And, uh, okay, Paddy, your point, please.
7: Yeah, well, I was
6: just saying, it
7: looks remarkably like last Christmas again, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I would say that maybe we need to go a little bit further, even than... than Closing the hospitality early. Um, so, what know, do you think of the,
2: what, what do you think of five live dead at five
7: past five? <laughs> well, I do feel terrible for the uh, the people who are involved in the sector. I mean, geez, it can't be easy for them. But if um, you know, we bail out the bank shows or surely we can bail out these people who are just trying to make an honest day's living, you know that's what
2: I would. Okay. That's you what I say we, sure uh, the still. line is so dreadful Paddy but you're saying you, we bail out the banks but we are we have been helping businesses in the last two years and as we discovered this week the taxpayers have been helping businesses that don't need the money in fact the money uh, the profits that they made mm. have gone to offshore companies, but they didn't. Oh. They did well at the end, but that's only yeah, that's only a that's, small proportion of the companies. That's and, probably just yeah, to okay.
7: make, more, more the corporations. Joe, is it? Um, I, yeah, I'd be I'd be hesitant about letting people home for Christmas. I think last year it didn't work when uh, they were asked to stay, not to come home for Christmas. Everybody came home. Now, what and are you, are the, you
2: saying close the borders?
7: I, I would I would I mean I think it's as seri- it's as serious as that. If you, you take it how seriously they're taking it in the UK. Well, are we if, really taking
2: well, it so
4: serious? Well France know?
2: have said from midnight tonight that nobody can come in from the UK yeah, without without think. without a compelling reason for going to France. A compelling yeah, reason. Yeah which I, I don't play it.
7: Well, then, they're having their own little battles there over the refugees and the fishing at the moment. There's a bit of tit-for-tat there, isn't
2: there? OK, OK, Paddy Sharkey, thanks indeed. Uh, David Cummins, Laura Dowdle of the Viking Theatre in Clontarf, Margaret, um, and David Duffy of Duffy Circus, which he says is going to keep going in the big top uh, at the Tallis Stadium for as long as they can, which uh, seems to me to be a long, long time. Uh, Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe
1: on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And on Monday,
2: by the way, we're doing a very special programme to begin the week that's in it. And we want to hear from from you about what you love about Ireland, what you like about Ireland, what you admire about Ireland, what you think has been our greatest achievement in the 100 years... Uh, since the foundation of the state, 100 years a few weeks ago since the treaty was signed. What do you love about the country? And uh, we'll be uh, talking... Uh, to a number of people but let us know joe at RT.ie. just come on and eulogise for a minute or two about your family your friends your school your community your guy your soccer your badminton your roller skate. what do you love about uh, this wonderful little country as we've been described in the past that's on Monday's Live Line Monday of uh, Christmas week now uh, the other Christmas begins in Ireland, as we know, uh, and the night of the Thai show, but a horror story unfolded a few hours after the Thai show had finished for Lorraine O'Neill and her family. Lorraine, good afternoon. What happened? You'd finished watching the the Thai show and you were all in bed, and what happened? Hi, Joe.
8: Um, the morning after the Thai show, we walk, um, we live in a farm, and we walk to look out and see our farmyard behind the house things. And then um, five children here so like we won't run out into the yard. We have our uh, machinery shed. My
2: husband is an angry contractor. Lorraine, so, Lorraine, I just yes. we just we just need to get a better line. That's a, a, such a, a such a serious attack on you and your family. I just want to mm-hmm. uh, a, people be able to hear exactly what, what had the horrific attack on your family and your farm. So we're going to try and get a better line, Lorraine. Uh, in the meantime, I'll go to Lee Proctor. Now it was your car that was set on fire. What happened, Lee? Hi, Joe. Um, yeah, we were coming home from town
9: um, on the Sunday the 5th and the car actually started to fill with smoke. And when we could pull in safely, we pulled in, I lifted the bonnet of the car and I was met with flames from the mm-hmm. engine. So I dropped the bonnet and um, got my wife and our nine-month-old out of it um, and the car was gone. Within... Less
2: than ten minutes, the car was engulfed in flames. Okay, and what happened? You got you got away safely.
9: We did, yeah. We got away safely, Um, and it's. Um. Oh, sorry, Joe. Um. The um. It took. We said a few minutes. We said for the fire brigade to get to us by the same mm. day, they, they, it was gone. Like you know, there was nothing yeah. left of it. We got the car seats out of it. A double boogie bus. There were a night. The smell of burnt plastic from them. They were gone. Like you know, you couldn't use them again.
2: Of course, yeah, yeah.
9: Um, well, and and many just, children
2: were in the car with
9: you. There was actually only the one. Normally, we have have five children, um, but we only had one. We had our nine-month-old that morning coming out of town. Um, Now, we did. We struggled to actually get her out because the seatbelt got caught in the back of the the baby seat. But um, it's just uh, to warn people that, you know, if your car starts to smoke, don't lift the bonnet like I did. Um, Because I lifted the bonnet and I made the flames worse. And if or carry a fire extinguisher with you in your car. Yeah.
2: Because um
9: And what about the,
2: what about insurance?
9: Um yeah, just the insurance um after this was a battle they did actually pay out um but mm-hmm. they only paid um nineteen hundred euro and to replace the car it's over four thousand euro. Wow. Yeah. They valued it at two thousand two hundred and a few odd euro, but the excess is over um, three hundred euro. Yeah. So it means that because we're at the loss of that, but the loss of the buggy, the car state, they don't cover them for insurance. No, in, I didn't, know that. I in didn't the, know that. No, and neither did I. Okay,
2: then, and and um, your your lesson, your your message to listeners is. If you smell smoke in the car, get out, stay out. Yeah. But don't open yeah. the don't open the bonnet.
9: bonnet. No, don't open it. but the funny thing Joe, was we didn't actually smell smoke. So we didn't. It just looked as if there was smoke coming into the car okay. and I thought maybe the car was overheating and that's why I lifted the bonnet. Right. And when I did I was met with the flames. But if something like that happens I went, like, don't lift
2: the bonnet.
4: Yeah, good you
2: know,
9: or, or have a fire, or at least have a fire extinguisher mm. in the back of
2: your car or something. Yeah, but the, the main thing that, like, you, you'll notice, any firefighters that arrive now at yeah. RTAs or cars that are going on fire, they they must wear breathing apparatus because that the is, toxic yeah. the toxic fumes yeah. from. So stay back, get out, stay yeah. out, and ring 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 the fire brigade because thankfully, thankfully, your yeah. um, your no one was injured
9: no we were we were very lucky they said we were lucky to, to actually get out in time because if we had to have the five because two of them have additional needs and it would have been a struggle to get them to out of the car because they would have panicked and when right. they panic it you know they don't cooperate too well
4: okay you know
9: okay. but then um, we said the other thing i just wanted to to actually highlight as well that on back roads country roads they don't actually have numbers on you know
4: have yeah, yeah. yeah
9: you know like an hour, two, three, four, or something like that the fire brigade had no idea where we were okay. we had to get we had to get an air code of a woman that lived down the road from where it happened oh,
4: that's interesting you know
9: yeah. yeah and Joe just I actually want to thank and um, there was a man and a woman and they stopped with us and they actually had a nine month or a small newborn baby as well and they mm-hmm. actually took my wife and our baby and put them into the back of their car, and he helped me and um, take the things out of, the, out of our car. But while we were doing that, there were three young lads standing down the road from us. They were actually filming us mm-hmm. while the car was on fire. You know, you know. Some people just don't have. Why would you and, okay.
2: I suspect from what you're saying, you didn't have sat nav built into the car, or your no, is, no. Is, but is there a, wasn't there a system developed? I know Air is brilliant if you have an actual address, but wasn't yeah. there wasn't there a system developed by a group of people in the UK a few years ago? I think it's what's it called? Three three words. Three words. If you go into this app, it'll it'll come up with a a location where you are, and it'll give you three words to describe the location, and once at the other end, i.e., the fire brigade or the guard, have that app. Mm. They can walk once they tap in the three words. They can, but any maybe someone can can le, can enlighten us on on this. It's a free it's a free app, and I know because I read about a case in the UK recently where a woman was driving on a country road, uh, skidded, overturned, ended up in a ditch in the middle of absolutely nowhere, and she rang nine nine nine, had no clue where she was, and the. Uh, constable at the other end said, D- "Is your phone working? Download this app. I'll get the proper name of it in a sec." And she downloaded yeah. the app, and and uh, the policeman said, "Tell, uh, ask, go to where you are on the app. The exact, and will tell you where exactly you are. Give us the three words. They put in the three words into the, the the app that they have. The same app, and they were able to find her. But anyway, I take I take a point, Lee Proctor. To, by the way, Lee, what do you think of the? I'm asking everyone, what do you think of the five o'clock shock?"
9: I'm, Joe, it has to be done.
2: Okay, okay. You know,
9: look. If, if people, we say, we went through what we went through, you know, we got, almost got away with our lives from the fire. Okay,
4: you know, oh, good
9: a lockdown point, yeah. is a, a lockdown is a lockdown, Joe, or whatever okay. it may be. You know, it is what it is. You know, there's no point. You know, the virus can get out of hand. You know, people need to do what they have to do. People are going into shops that don't even mm-hmm. hand sanitize. You know, they're standing. If you're in a queue, they, they forget about the two meter distance or the one meter distance. They're standing on top of you. You know, okay. so people, a lot of people don't have no one to blame. Money themselves.
2: And the other go thing as well go. now, that with with new with newfangled cars, especially. Remember, some electrical fires can actually lock the car, so get out. Get a door yeah. open and get out. Yeah. ASAP. We'll okay, Lee, glad to hear you're all uh, safe and sound. That's Lee Proctor. Uh, Lorraine, we'll go back to Lorraine, O'Neill. Lorraine, your fire, after say, after the Thai show, you woke up in the middle of the night, and what did you see?
8: Yeah, hi, Joe. As I was saying, our farmyard was just um, full of flames. We had a machinery shed that was on fire. Hmm. We had a milking parlour, a milking machine, a dairy, an office, um we
4: had mm-hmm. a lot
8: of animals in the yard, with cows and calves, um that luckily were not hurt but okay. um yeah, it was it was it was it was very dangerous,
2: yeah. And how much were the damage was done?
8: Oh look the, the the shed that had all the machinery, like, you know. Wow. There was a combine bailers, you know, you're talking about probably hundreds of thousands of like, you know, machinery. Um and, you know, they they all exploded and tyres burst. And, you know, it was, it was very scary as it was and going what on. Did, yeah.
2: what did your family do? I presume your instinct is to run out and try and salvage.
8: Yeah. Well, like, that machinery shed, like, was an inferno, so there was no way yeah, it was course, there. I but think, the next yeah. shed, which had animals, like, was full of smoke. So, to be fair, my husband, like, my children, my youngest, 14-year-old, mm. didn't even have his top on. And uh, they had to try and get calves out. And they got a quad and... Uh,
5: uh, out.
8: And then the cows, like all oh, that front of that shed was on fire, but we were looking for the cows that the wind was blowing towards the house, not okay. for us like, because we had sparks and, and like there was another fire set up, this is the sinister thing like there was straw moved around and straw put in loads of places to start these fires, but like the most frightening was that the workshop as we call it nearest the house which would have our diesel tank and our kerosene for oh, the house God, wow. there was a fire like or there was straw set up there so like had that gone on fire it would have been catastrophic so, b-
2: so be in no doubt you're telling me this was arson
8: oh yeah this was you know, deliberate an active active guard investigation going on at the moment Joe. yeah and why why
2: we've had there's cases you know
8: why that's our big problem Joel. like we we sat with the guards that morning and I can only say, like, you know, that the guards have been absolutely fantastic. They're throwing everything at this. And I suppose this is why I'm talking to you. It's part of the investigation. I just am appealing. Like, this was a very, very dangerous thing that was done. Mm. Um, we had a house full of children with a yard full of animals. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, we don't know who, Joe, and we don't know why. And we live in a rural area where, like, this has been a huge event. Like, it's it's not just impacted on us mm. as a family. It's impacted, like, we're a farming community. It's impacted on our farming friends and our neighbours. And um, so, like, it's just, like, that person just didn't come into the yard and throw a bit of petrol or diesel around. Like, they spent a lot yeah. of time in our yard that night. So, like, and they did it going. look like, insofar yeah. as
2: you, there is an exact time that the fire started, isn't there?
8: Well, uh, we know that, like with CCTV, which was like pushed at 4.46, and we okay. realised the farm or the yeah the farm was on fire at a quarter to seven. So, like, somebody was out there for a considerable length of time, wow. and um, I suppose that's what's creepy. And, and, you, was, there, and
2: you know, was anything, insofar as you know, given everything was born, do you, was anything stolen? No, we don't think, like, obviously, with the damage that's done. Yeah. But no,
8: no, to all intents and purposes, Joe, we don't think anything was stolen. But um, I suppose what I'm saying is, like, somebody somebody left their home that night at three o'clock and probably returned around 7 a.m. Um, you know, if anybody like, has noticed anything suspicious, somebody behaving suspiciously, overheard conversations, somebody with straw on their clothes, straw on their car straw in their van, straw that shouldn't have been. It's not the time of year if you're you're not agricultural that you'd have straw in your person. But um, it's it's little things. Like, you know, the guards are very, very busy and we just... I suppose we're coming into Christmas now, and it should be kind of a happy time. So we're just we were putting out an appeal for information.
4: Okay,
2: and it's in it's in Offaly. Clom- Clombalogue, yeah, which is yeah. near near the airfield, isn't it? The parachute, yeah, yeah. near parachute. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And you know, obviously, I don't want any detail if you if the answer is yes. Mm. Does, does Does anyone have a, a grudge against the family or
8: no? You see, that's what the big problem is? You know, we're just... Nothing, not that
2: that would justify it, by the way.
8: No, nothing would justify what was yeah. done, Joe. And yeah. to be fair, like, I suppose the guards, that was just, like, you know, hours later, and we were just staring into space, and they were going, like, you know, who, why? Yeah, and motive, motive, we motive. There motive, is no... Yeah. Like, the who will answer the why, Joe. The who... But yeah. like, nothing, nothing justifies, you know, like, the threat, like, you know, the danger yeah. here was just unbelievable. And, um you know, you, just, you know, just, this person needs to be caught and they need to serve a serious sentence for what they did. And, um, you know, fire is, it's terrifying. Is it? Oh, you know, well, it's so suppose, dangerous. What I feel is whoever left the yard that morning, they did not know where that would end. They did not know yeah. walking out yeah, of that yeah, yard yeah. would life be lost or, you know, what yeah. would be the final consequences, yeah.
2: And after, but any other incidents, even go beyond Offaly and Clamble mm-hmm. and... Has there been any other incidents around the country of farm buildings simply being set on fire for the the sake of it?
8: Yeah. Now, to be fair, I only read this week in Kilkenny, I think, in Callum, um, there have been six fires in the past four weeks within like a couple of miles radius. Wow. But with us, like, you know, we're we're near Eaton Derry, we're near Port Arlington, Mm -hmm. Rathangan. those towns, so they're the kind of, it's those towns I'm kind of asking people, did you see, you know, the funny times, like between three and seven, so like, if you're out at those times on a Saturday morning, it was for a specific reason, You were coming from work or going to work, so, um, no, but there's nothing, you know, like if a car was like, you know, driving erratically or out of control and, and dash cam obviously is very very helpful that's a
2: good point okay yeah. so you're yeah. saying anyone you think around six or seven in the morning who who well they would have maybe noticed him or, him or her or one or more yeah. arriving yeah. anyone with dash cam and saw a van or whatever uh, yeah. driving the or, that or, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah you
8: know even if we stretch back to the towns of Port Arlington and Rossangin and Eaton Gary, if businesses happen, not checked their c c t v it will be okay. th- that morning of the twenty seventh and it would be those hours between three and seven a m
2: okay okay yeah um thanks thanks indeed that's the rain Lorraine how how what about the the rebuilding and
8: uh, oh look that's going to take time joe like okay. you know the the machinery is it's still all in situ like it's you know uh, it's the workplace like of of my husband who yeah, we're, course, we're, we're so. looking at it. it's you know it's not going to take that's going to take time, like the, the the admin and the financial part of it, and then there's the emotional and the psychological yeah, part yeah. as well. So yeah, it's, it's 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 huge.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, stay safe yeah. and as best you can. I know you will. You, everyone bounces back, and you're appreciative that there was no injuries. Uh, to yeah. your wonderful family, but still, it's an awful blow to get—an awful blow to get—a mysterious blow. So, l- Lorraine, best wishes to you uh, and your farm family this this Christmas time and beyond. thanks l- for
8: the opportunity, Joe. Just uh, to put it out there. Yeah, to
2: get it. that's what we're here for. Thanks, indeed, Lorraine thanks, O'Neill Joe. in Clonbulog. Talk to
1: Joe on oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Dan McCarty. Dan, good afternoon.
10: Hello, Joe. How are you keeping?
1: Well, more
2: importantly, how are you keeping? Bring us back to uh, the, the the awful events of uh, October 2018. What happened?
10: Uh, myself and my elderly friend were uh, going home after having a few things together. Uh, we live around the same area. Uh-huh. And we were going down the And... These boys came up against us and they asked my elderly friend for a chip and he told them to go and mind their own business. And one of them came up and tore his bag out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And obviously he, he swung a punch while he was picking up his stuff and I don't know which one he hit. But two boys went to launch at him. So that's when I jumped in and I held on to the two of them as tight as I could. And I got brutally beat up. Just constantly punched in the face in order for me to leave go because they wanted to get at him. And I couldn't leave that to happen. I could not even mm-hmm. go, because if if I left him go, he would want to get a beating. And I couldn't do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel happy with myself for that to happen. Like it hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, every every punch I felt, and I never got punched before in my life. And like Jesus, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Yeah.
2: So this began over tomfoolery about a bag of chips. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know you're 40, or 40 at the time, and the, the, yeah. your your companion, what age was he? Age he was mid
10: 60s. Mid
2: 60s. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all happened so fast. Yeah, they just went for him. Yeah. And these two lads, Rowan Buckley and Christopher Dunn, who were aged 22 and 21 respectively. Now, yeah. how, how did it end that night?
10: I had to tell him stop. They, they beat me so hard that. The inside of my lip basically fell down. It was like a flap, a flap of skin. They hit me so hard that they drove my tooth out through my lip. I had oh, to tell them case. stop. There was so much blood coming out of my mouth. I said, "I can't take no more of it." Just then, they, 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 there was eyewitnesses the there, and they thought they were aftering in the guard, so the boys took off me. So I it all and
2: And you were—presume t- you were taken to hospital. You and your companion. Uh,
10: yeah, I was. I was taken to the doctor all right Yeah,
2: yeah. And and what, what were the injuries?
10: Uh, it. Eight stitches all together, uh, four inside, four outside. Uh, my nose was clean, spread across my face. I had to get that straightened and put back into place. Uh, the face was fairly battered and bruised. Mm. And that's basically what I got out of it. Yeah. I was just a well, head. I just got so much punches. In.
2: When, yeah. when did your family see you?
10: Uh, about the following day, you know, there were two, the following two or three days, they all called down to see me, like, yeah. Mm. They were disgusted over it, yeah.
2: And your, the reaction of your children to seeing their oh, father's face. Th-
10: that was the hardest part of the whole lot of this, was my daughter, my youngest daughter, calling me a monster. Like, that, no, no father in of the world should be called a monster, like, you know.
2: She thought you looked I, like a monster yeah, f- from the movies and the television.
10: Yeah, you know? I was so brutally bashed up that she took off up the stairs running, crying, locked herself into her bedroom, so scared that I was a monster. And I had to follow her up, Joe.
8: Yeah. And, like, no man should go through it. I had to beg her to come out and
10: say, listen to my wife. I'm your daddy. I had to keep doing this for 10 and 15 minutes. And it totally broke my heart. It broke her heart. No one, no one in the world should go through what I went through that day. Oh, my daughter was so, so crippling. Like. It was bloody heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Uh, that hurt me. I'd take another thousand punches in order for her not to see me like that again. It was just heartbreaking. And really that,
2: heartbreaking. Sounds horrific. And then the then the uh, actual court case, Ronan Buckley and Christopher Dunhu were charged. Yeah. And how did they plead?
10: It's all the way up along. For two years, six months. They pleaded not guilty. Mm-hmm. The day the court then, they showed up and they said they were guilty. And, like, they were guilty all along. There was no denying it. There, there was plenty of footage there. There were plenty of yeah. eyewitnesses. And, all of a sudden then, they came with 5,000 euro uh, as remorse money. Money I didn't even want. I didn't ask for money all the way through this. Never asked for it. and only wanted justice. And, the, the judge in fairness them like, he gave a sentence. I was happy enough with it. I thought it was a bit light. But they were convicted and I was happy enough and I thought this was it. We're finished with it. Good luck. Goodbye. And then the following day, it was on the radio saying they were appealing. And I, I just said, oh my God, here we go again. And then all of a sudden, six months later then, three years and two months, to be precise,
2: they got off with it. And tell us about that that sequence. The men appealed. Uh, they're well-known uh, yeah. junior, foot, minor footballers, as they call them in Kerry, and yeah. uh, had our careers at under GAA, and we're obviously going, were obviously going on to uh, better things, so to speak. Yeah. So tell us the nature of the appeal.
10: They were just well, they basically they were, uh, basically that their lives were going to be ruined over this, that they were going to lose their jobs. Like, all this has been one-sided, John. My life was ruined, mm. absolutely ripped apart. I, I haven't been happy one day since this happened. Like, people come out there and taunt me, telling me, how could I live with myself, leave these boys alone, you know? But what about them? Mm. Like, Jesus, they, like, if, if people could see the CCTV, like, there are no role models, you know? Like, there's no way they could justify it. But they
2: did.
10: Yeah. To say that they are role models. Like, Jesus. One of them wants to become a school teacher, and in the schools a couple of weeks ago, they were saying one punch can kill. They were running that campaign in the schools. Mm. And this fellow going to be a school teacher, how could he stand beside that campaign?
2: And when the they came when they came around. in and uh, 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 pleaded guilty, Rona yeah. Buckley and Christopher Donahue, and uh, came with remorse money, did they come yeah. with an apology?
10: No, never once heard of a, a sorry from out of their mouth.
2: And did you did you accept the remorse no. money?
4: Yeah,
10: okay. I, I, I the guard came over to me and they handed me the money in my hand and I said I didn't want it. And so I had to come over with another guard and she said, "Look, take it. If we, do, if we don't take it, it's going to the poor box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So or else she will take it. Go and have a nice holiday. Take away, your girls. Get your mind off of this. And that was the, that was the very first court case. And you know I said, you know, fair enough, I will and then come across again and the it through all this for another six months.
2: But the but the sting of it is that the two men were found guilty. Well, they pleaded yeah. guilty. They were found guilty. They were fined. But it's on, yeah. their, it's on their record. Now, what happened in the court in the last uh, few days?
10: I went through the whole system, and where is my justice? It was like, just all about the boys. I was willing to go up and stand to answer any questions, you know,
2: but never called. So they, just, they what they were asking the court to do was give them basically the Probation of Offenders Act, which I yeah. was involved in myself years ago. But that means uh, one that the the facts of the case are proven, but yeah. there's no record of a crime. It doesn't it doesn't sit against you on a file, isn't that it?
10: Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But geez, there was a crime, Joe. and it was a brutal crime. It was absolutely uncalled for. Now, um, like we were just mind our own business, and they. Just got excited. It started flaking.
2: And in the appeal, did they produce any character references or witnesses?
10: They, 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 they had uh, testimonials from people written out. Okay. Know, I can get that in, anywhere, too. I can get thousands of them.
2: You know, But the character alone here must be very good. And do you know, I, I don't want their names, but you know who did give character reference? What was their I background? Don't know. And you you didn't see them? No. You're no. not privy. And can you see them?
10: I don't know. That's, that's why I want to ask you if there's any real listeners out there. Could help me and guide me anywhere to, you know, to someone that could yeah. help me appeal a case or something.
2: And were or, you were you heard at the appeal? No, were I you, wasn't called up for that. Were you no, there? I was. Okay.
10: Yeah, yeah. i I'm, I'm just looking for anyone to help me out there, just to see can I bring this anyway further. Like I, I can't just go. This is on call justice, like on my behalf.
2: Well, it means it's they've they've no record, even though they pleaded guilty to what sounds what uh, you describe as a savage assault, and to yeah. and to um, um, a man much older than them, um, yeah. twice their age, and in actual fact more than twice their age, uh, over a bag of chips. And but it means they won't. They can travel to America if they Again, yeah. get to the All Stars. They can represent uh, Ireland, so to speak, at the All Stars yeah. in Australia or the States or whatever. So there's no there's no blemish on their record. Not a bit. Now no. did did they did they offer an apology in court in in no. the last week? No. Did they I ever? Did they no. ever write to you apologising? No.
10: Not, would, never you, one, would you accept
2: the apology? Not anymore. No. Okay. It's gone
10: too far. No. They could have. They, they apologised earlier and pleaded guilty. This would have been all finished by now. Yeah. I would. Okay. I would have been easy on them, but no. Yeah.
2: And it took you initially three years to get a conviction, and then it was yeah. over. It was overturned within how many months? Or
10: I think June and then uh, October, November, December. Ninety-six okay. months later. Yeah. All right. a bit of
2: time now. So you're saying is there anyone out there who's been through this before? Where they yeah, where the culprits need... culprits admitted guilt. They yeah. were originally found guilty and then they appealed it again, asked for it to be reduced to the probation act, which basically means it's a slap on the slap on the hand. The uh yeah, f- basically the, yeah. the facts are, are accepted as proven but there's no uh, criminal record. Now, what do you say to people? And you say people that have been chanting at you or whatever, saying, "Come on, yeah. they're, t- they're only two young fellas <laughs> in their early twenties; <laughs> great career ahead of them. Just yeah. give give them a second chance."
10: Yeah, people don't understand. See what they keep saying to me, is, you know? Like you must have fought back. You have to. No way would any man not take you know take mm. on and punch them. I did not. I couldn't do go. They, they, like there are no role models, so So if, if I can get the CCTV footage out there keepers could see that if, if anybody knows how okay. I can get my hand in it it'd be brilliant and, and how
2: I, I how's, how's okay you want CCTV but how's yeah. it affected you psychologically Dan given oh, that horrific but, Jesus
10: but it torms me every time I go out knowing that people are going to face me up on it every, mm. if I go out guarantee someone's going to talk to me about this and it's, it's horrendous like, I'm getting kind of bullied and I don't like that at all because I'm actually be quite a nice guy I do, you know, lots of stuff for charity and but stuff. But
2: it's what? It's as if you're the culprit.
10: Yeah. My life is totally... T- t- tatters, like. Okay. Oh, I, and what,
2: what is your livelihood?
10: I'm a self-employed builder.
2: Okay, and as, how's yeah. that been affected? Have you... Are there physical scars, psychological scars? Uh,
4: They're Yeah.
10: yeah. they never affected my livelihood, in Like, obviously, I last worked for a couple of weeks with the injuries, but, like, they were the toughest three or four weeks I ever took off because from my injuries I had to put a piece of foam between my lips and my teeth because uh, my lip was so fat that it was rubbing off my teeth and I was afraid I was going to burst the stitches. Oh my gosh. And a couple of weeks after that then I couldn't eat either hot food or uh, anything with salt or seasoning because it stung like hell. Yeah. So it, it was horrendous. I was very limited in what I could eat. Like And
2: how was your, your friend who was older than you in the 60s? How was he?
10: Yeah, very scared. Very scared. He never seen anything like that before. But he, uh, he kept saying thank you. He, I don't know how many times he used to ring me up and saying thank you. And he said sorry, he had to come to this. This is all in your place. And where where is meetings. he? Where I, is that
2: man now? He
10: he moved back home. He had to get away from
2: well Did he? Yeah? To get away yeah. from Killarney okay. Yeah, just basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Danny, as you say, you asked the question. Um, yeah. what, what does anyone know legally? What can be done? Is, is, yeah, there, is I, there a precedent I, I, for this? Yeah. Um and um
10: I need my justice. To be okay. honest, I need I need, I need this to clear my head. I need like I want people basically to believe me more. Okay. You know.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, stay well Dan and kind regards to you and your okay. your girls as you call Thank them Thank you so family. much Joe, for having me. Please mind yourself and thanks. Okay. Thanks for that Have contribution. Been. That's Dan McCarthy. Uh, Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818
1: 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715
2: 815. And as I say, on Monday, we are doing Things You Love About Ireland. And it's based on a new, fantastic new book I came across uh, about two months ago at this stage by Mark Henry. And it's called, in fact, An Optimist Guide to Ireland at 100. We are 100 years old, effectively, as a a state this month. And uh, Mark will be in studio giving us information from the book, and it is how far we've come in the 100 years. We, we also want you, and we'll have prizes, of course, on Monday, we want you to tell us what you love about Ireland, what you like about Ireland, what you admire about Ireland, what's different about Ireland positively, what's unique. But the book, it's based on, in fact... An Optimist Guide to Ireland at 100. Now, Mark's book is very scientific in that it's all based on facts, on numbers, but it's very, very accessible, and he'll be with us on Monday to go through this, which brings me to Regina McLean. Regina, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. It's Regina
11: McLean, and I'll get in trouble if I don't, if okay. I don't correct you. Regina McLean. What well, is it's <laughs> yeah. Regina
2: McLean on a terrible lane. You're on a terrible lane there, Regina. Am I? Oh, I'll
11: yes. tell you what it is. I was I, I trying to see... I was trying to see my poem and I had to put you on speaker for a minute.
2: No, take me <laughs> so. off speaker.
11: Are you back? Am I back now?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a little Good. bit better. Okay. So Magina, Regina McLean. Yeah. From where? I live in Faheen, just outside Paraconshire. Faheen.
4: Yeah. Outside Paraconshire.
2: Okay. And you've written a little ditty. Tell us, Regina McLean, why? Okay, well, I live in Faheen and I
11: spend some of the time down in Ballina, Killaloo with my mum, okay. Mary Kelly, who listens to you every day. And I don't have a TV or radio, so I don't listen to those things during the week. You don't have a TV or radio?
2: No, I don't.
11: Why? In the car. I
2: have one in the car. And you don't have one Why in the house. Not? Why not? No, I just, it's, it's just not
11: been something I've had in my, in my life. I just am not interested. And do you, listen to,
2: do you listen to music in the house? Well, I listen to like audio books and stuff. Oh lovely yeah. Things okay. like that. But anyway, when I now went remember down, when Re- I co- Reg- Regina McLean, remember if you have a radio you can have 17 radios in your house and you don't need a license because it's, well, it, it's a TV it's license. a TV license. Yeah, I know, but it's fine. I I, okay. I don't okay. I not I haven't, I haven't convinced you.
11: <laughs> no you haven't. I listen in the car. That's
2: Okay. The only
4: place. okay. So okay.
11: anyway, when I go down to my mom in Ballinas, so my dad Uh, died there in September and he had he lived with motor neuron disease for 20 years he was a miracle man and uh, so I go down to my mom now every week so when I'm in her house she's Mary Kelly she's 88 and when I'm in her house I watch tv and I see all these adverts and all these programs about cooking for Christmas and I just started laughing I said sometimes we have notions now, I'd say I have notions myself sometimes because I would cook nut roasts and I have vegetarians in the family. But I just remembered back when I was young, we just had a kind of a normal okay. Christmas. So that's where the idea came.
2: Now, have you practised this, Regina McLean? Have you, have you practised this out loud? I have, but I'm kind well, of worried then. now whether
11: you'll be able to hear me
2: when, when I go on. Uh, oh, no, because we can't I have he- to look at- Oh, you have to go and speak a phone Well, I have to,
11: to look... Oh, no, I'll tell you what, i am just speaking into the thing. I have to look at the thing on my phone because yeah. it's
2: written on my phone. Oh, it's written on your phone. OK. But it's fine. I'll and we'll, speak we we'll, we'll put some jingly-jangly music on it. But, but don't just read it, Regina, Regina McLean. R- uh, perform it, please. I will. Perform I will. it. I've read it already. It, it deserves a performance. This is called okay. Irish Notions Christmas by Regina McLean.
4: Thank you.
11: turkey potatoes, sprouts, and ham, red lemonade, and Guinness, and Christmas cake from mam. But for now, we all have notions since that tiger came to town. We've forgotten where we came from. We've lost the notion. long. it's all nut roast and prosecco, avocados everywhere. Men with big mustachios and top knots in their hair. Quinoa, kale, and buckwheat, and vegan shepherd's pie. Heifer and kombucha, sushi and pad thai. Well, all in full of oceans. what is Christmas all about? With crazy lights and fancy food, the poor can feel left out. Let's sing a song of Christmas, love our neighbour, share the joy, and put a lantern in the window for the stranger passing by. Shouldn't from bloody oat milk or rock as we were reared? We only had a little tree, the crib it was revered. We really felt excited at the thoughts of Christmas Day. We never feared of missing out the way we do today. We had Donald, Delia Nevin with all their fancy fare. We seemed to have to make a fuss of all our hair. With olive bread and pasta, brioche and sourdough, canatone, rigoloni and lobster, don't you know? So the single form of Christmas past when we were notion free. Celebrate your Christmas the way it used to be. A slice of cake for Santa, some trifle for dessert, a candle in the window, love to all and
2: well done. I don't think the phone line did you justice, Regina. Regina but <laughs> I'm the, the, sorry. The, my, no, that's that's not your fault. The favorite, the the my favorite line is with olive bread and pasta, brioche and sourdough, no. panettone, rigoloni, <laughs> rigoloni and lobster. Don't you know?
4: Don't you
2: know? Yes, I love it. I love it. What was the other one? The other great line. Um, Oh, yeah, it's all nut roasts and Prosecco, avocados everywhere, men with big mustachios and funny curly hair, quinoa, kale and buckwheat and vegan shepherd's pie, kefir and kombucha sushi and pad thai. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I know. Do, well, anyway. Yeah, I don't, be- I do, I don't believe you. I think you have three televisions and 567 radios now. I absolutely don't, I legion. promise you.
4: Well, you better I, get.
2: Well, you better get one soon, Regina, and get will, it, And the other thing as well is, the Reg, Regina. The other thing every yes. household should have in the world we live in is an old-fashioned transistor with batteries, four, double A AA or triple A batteries. If there are power cuts, you'd still have your transistor.
11: That's true, you you're right there. For, and the <laughs>
2: mobile phones, as we've just heard, can't be relied upon. I
11: know, I'm but sorry the, about the, that.
2: And we are, you know, in case of emergency, the government take over RT, they have taken it over already, I forgot. But the government take over <laughs> RT and they make all those announcements. You know what I mean? Like go down to the yeah, shed. Then that would be important, go down like- Yeah, go down to the shed, to the bottom of the garden, uh, lock yourself in the shed, uh, turn around three times, and then if things hide are... Hide under the bat. Hide under the bat, and then if things are uh, looking really, really bad, if the Russians are coming or whatever, it's they'll tell you what prayers to intone in your shomra at the bath. But you need your transistor. You need I a transistor. Well, I guess
11: get one. I'll get yes. one for Christmas.
2: And they're very cheap, less than 20 quid. And yeah. Don't be reliant. We all love the internet. We all love the mobile phones, but we have to have a fallback position for the year. And (laughs) Regina, what do you think, and serious, now serious voice from Joe, what do you think of the five o'clock lockdown?
11: Well, I'm a bit of a Luddite and I'd say, I'd I'd go to uh, level five at this stage. I'm trying to keep my mum safe. I kept my dad safe all the time. He was in the the nursing home and we're all very careful. So I don't go anywhere and I'd really, I know people say it'll destroy the hospitality industry, but honestly, I'd rather we somehow get a hold on this. and yeah, yeah. I'd be a level well, appa- fiver here, I'm sorry.
2: Apparently, <laughs> Neffet are now proposing that the five o'clock lockdown uh, goes on till the end of January, to January the 30th. Um, but anyway, you, yeah, but you it, think... See, the what what, what thing needs to be done? I, thing, know, I know, I know, I know. I know I'm the very, thing we
11: learned in life when my dad died is the important thing in life is your family and your loved ones. Yeah. And you don't want to be... I'd rather have them and be safe than go to the pub. Them,
2: but we're thinking of all those workers in the pubs and hospitality and restaurants. Yeah, I know, it is hard.
11: Support their, them their families,
2: with their, yeah, with, yeah. The,
11: with their payments. But
2: uh, okay. I'm sorry,
11: I, I want us to get... Okay.
2: Healthy and well. Okay, okay. Will you buy yourself <laughs> Thank a, you very a much. will you buy yourself a little transistor, not one of those well, fancy maybe you'd like internet uh We don't have we week. don't we don't have the only radios I think we have here are dab and I don't think you can get a dab signal outside of RTE. <laughs> so a transistor, twenty seventeen, eighteen quid in your local, brilliant local electrical store. Regina McLean Mac- and your yes. your mother and condolences on the passing
1: of your father yeah. so recently. Thanks, Regina. Good Thank a meal morgan and a happy Christmas. Okay. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And as you
2: know, next uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we're doing our annual self-published books, two programmes, and uh, it allows the thousands of people who've written books and had to, for various reasons mainly by choice got them published themselves and are trying to distribute them and get them out there Um, and we've been inundated an ardent crusher of uh, books uh, self-published books have come through our letterbox in the last uh, three or four weeks now just to give you a flavour of what's come in there's a remarkable book in in my hand I'd say it weighs at least two kilos it's called green white and orange wait for this the history of the republic of ireland soccer short. 1921 to 2021. In other words, hundred years since the the state. It's written by Eddie O'Mahony. Eddie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Um, d- d- this is self-published. Would you lose your shirt on it? No,
12: no, I I won't lose my shirt, Joe. Um, it's a beautiful you. production. No, d- delighted to to that you think so. It's really it's been a, a labor of love with me for the last 19 years, I suppose, to get this collection of our Fei history together. And then to actually, I suppose, celebrate the centenary of the FAI this year to make a really unique, um, special book, I suppose. It's really a collector's item and a, a tribute to, to all the players who've worn our famous shirt over the last 100 years.
2: So how many, well, first of all, how many shorts do you use? Irish national soccer shorts do you own?
12: So in my uh, virtual museum uh, at com, there's over 300 unique uh, match-worn Ireland soccer shirts from 1924 to 2021 as part of the James Nolan collection. So as I said, to celebrate the history, I suppose, of the SEI this year, I thought it would be brilliant to bring the untold story uh, of our jersey uh, to a wider audience and that's why the the green, white, orange book came from.
2: Okay, tell us about the cover. The cover has a jersey, which um, I thought was actually written on the cover. It's it's an Irish jersey, Russia 2011, and it has, a, with a, with your black marker, it has the number five written on it. What happened there?
12: Yeah, well, I was looking for a special shirt, Joe, to, I suppose, to fitting for the cover. Um, white is obviously the, the colour of peace, but it's also the colour in between the green and the orange in our flag. And I thought it was particularly suitable with all the commemorations for centenary events happening. You know, we uh, look guarding oh. our country now to pick a white shirt. So, the, for me, the most famous white shirt ever that the Irish soccer team have worn was in 2011 when we played Russia away in Moscow and Richard Dunn had the game of his life.
4: Okay. And he famously
12: cut his face open on the side ah. of the running track. Yeah, yeah. And he had to wear a blood sub jersey and he came onto the pitch. The referee sent him off. And Alan Kelly Jr., the goalkeeping coach, very quickly had to write in a black Sharpie pen the number five on the front and back of the shirt itself.
2: Okay, brilliant.
12: So, it's an iconic cover. And, and how, an did, iconic but how did you
2: get that shirt?
12: Well, Richard, like a lot of the, the Irish football players, was a huge amount of work for charity. So in conjunction with the FAI, he raised money for Barrettstown and Tallet Children's Hospital by auctioning the shirt. Uh, and I was fortunate that it made it into my museum collection.
2: And the forward, a brilliant forwards written by the great Liam Brady, who points out... That the wearing of the Irish jersey has proudly been in my family for almost 100 years. My great uncle, writes Liam, Frank Brady, my grandfather's brother, captained the Football Association of the Irish Free State in 1927 versus Italy at Lansdowne Road. Uh, Frank may have become the inspiration for my immediate family to become professional footballers. My brothers Pat and Ray played for Millwall and QPR and Frank would win an FAI Cup with Shamrock Rovers in 68 before moving to Australia. Pat represented Ireland at school by 11 and Ray was capped for his country six times in 63, 64 and we thought Chippy was a genius in his family, which he's a genius footballer and a, and a a great pundit. But that's... So his family would we'll go back to the 1920s representing, yeah, absolutely, yeah. representing and, and, and Ireland. And I was
12: very lucky that, that Liam uh, kindly came on board yeah. uh, to write the forward in terms of inspirational Irish footballers over the last 100 years. He's certainly up there. But there's a huge history um, of, of families in relation to the Irish football team, the Kellys in particular, uh, Alan Kelly senior and junior. And really what the book is about, Joe, it's, it's a tribute to everyone who's worn the shirt. I mean, football uh-huh. is the biggest participation sport in this country. Um if you you know throw a stone yeah, and, and yeah, a ripple yeah. will we'll catch someone who loves the game. And is every levels.
2: is every short is every international game's short unique? In other words, does it, is it emblazoned with the actual date and the game?
12: Yeah, in in recent years we have started okay. to uh, individually so. make them unique. But going back into our history, um, a lot of them were dependent okay. on the kids.
2: Now family. I'm in I'm in a deep deep dilemma here about whether to, whether to read out the name of this chapter here. It's called a pain in Air Swiss roll. Yes. What is that um, about?
12: Well, well, well. really, um, the, the book tries to tell the story um, via the, the fabric, via the shirts that were worn. So obviously we have to investigate the the time period as well. And, and around that particular time, we played Switzerland uh, okay. a lot of times. And Switzerland were actually the team that knocked us out uh, of contention for qualification for the tournament. So we're looking to create, I suppose, a, a light-hearted look. It's not a deep dive into history as such, but it's really uh, having the jerseys themselves, the actual exhibits themselves showcase our history and, and we go right the way back from 1924 the famous blue jersey against Bulgaria in the yeah, Paris yeah. Olympics right the way through to the blue jersey against Qatar that Umbro Ireland released in 2021 so it's the full history of every shirt the Irish soccer team has ever worn
2: And where where is the Irish soccer museum where these shorts can be? You say they're online but where can people go and is there a soccer museum?
12: No um, and that's I think one of the great changes. shows there's over 200 different museums in Ireland dedicated to Fabulous bits of our history and culture. You know we have art, uh, literature. Yeah. Uh, the GAA have an incredible museum. there's yeah. museum's alcohol, Guinness. Uh, you know leprechauns. But don't tell me that the game of football, or soccer, hasn't and still doesn't play a massive, massive part. Oh, I in, thought it in was one up in,
2: I thought that was part of the deal in Abbottstown, no?
12: No, unfortunately, okay. there, 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 there isn't as it stands, but there's a great opportunity there um, to create what I think would be a unique... You see in Limerick, they're creating the International Rugby Museum Experience. Uh, J.P. McManus has, has yeah, sponsored yeah. that. Uh, but again, and that's fantastic, but don't tell me that the game of football or soccer in this country uh, isn't equally as important to everybody at all levels, Women's League of Ireland. There's a story there to be told. We've a rich, rich history.
2: OK, now I'm going to put you on the spot, which is deeply, deeply unfair, but if if someone decided to set up a proper Irish national soccer museum, would you would you le- loan them your two hundred and eighty jerseys?
12: The, the whole the whole purpose of the James Nolan collection uh, is to really give a, a basis or a foundation or a starting point to any Irish football museum, um, and then to allow the history that's out there from past players, their families, League of Ireland clubs, ex internationals, and. Um, we can really bring the whole history and story of football in this country together. And I'm certainly, Joe, willing to to, to have that collection used okay. in any way, shape um, or form.
2: Just for the book, which is, as you say, a collector's item, who did all the photography of the jerseys?
12: So, very fortunate. Um, over the last 19 years, I've been collecting the shirts myself. Um, and we have been getting them photographed. Peter Love is a product photographer here in Dublin. And he's mm-hmm. done great work for me to bring these shirts alive. And more importantly, Frank Kelly and the team at LetterTech in Cork um, have really kind of supported me on this project, trying to bring this book to fruition. And their design team and everybody has really rode in to create what I think is a, a really luxury hardback book. Uh, it's beautiful colour, as you said. It, it weighs a lot. It's a lovely cover to it, and it really is a unique uh, Christmas gift.
2: Yeah, well, it's well said. It's called Green, White, and Orange. But wait, did you? How do you get it self published? Where did you? Where did you get a printer?
12: Well, so again, as I said, the the, the team then in letter oh, taking work, okay. they 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 That's really came on high board quality. and, and oh, so, absolutely high quality. And
2: by the way, j- just to remind people of that, that beautiful young man, James Nolan, and you call it the James Nolan Memorial Collection, was James from Blessington, and he lost his life in Poland in 2012 when he was uh, with the Irish team supporting them uh, at the at the Euro. So you've named it with the family's permission uh, in his memory, which is a Decent, decent, uh, uplifting thing to do, Eddie. How much? How much will it cost for someone to buy it?
12: So the book, Joe, is forty nine ninety five, and it's available, as I said, exclusively on lettertechbookstore.com. dot com. There's okay. free shipping within Ireland. So for anybody in your family who who loves the beautiful game, and this isn't yeah. just a football book; it's a history book. We look at the origin of the the, the, the this FAI, we look at the trials and tribulations through the 30s and 40s, the influence of the Catholic Church on the game yeah. and various different incidences that have gone throughout the year, the Sipan, the Glory Days, the World Cups. Um, Jack Charlton is remembered fondly in it. So this really is, if you love football, mm-hmm. um, and we, we, we bring it right to up to Stephen Kenny's team uh, and we wish Stephen and the rest of the squad the best in the mm-hmm. upcoming Nations League campaign as well.
2: Absolutely. And... Uh We'd also remind the younger listeners that there was a game, wasn't there? Wasn't it against Yugoslavia where the Catholic Church in the, in the uh, pontifical form of uh, Archbishop John Charles McQuaid uh, forbade Irish people to go to Daily Mail? To go
12: to the game and we also have the unique situation. We're talking about the centenary events around Ireland this year in Northern Ireland. We actually had players show who represented both. Uh, wow. about nations so that's that 's in the book as well, so it really is the the story of the game on the island from one thousand nine hundred and twenty one to two thousand
2: twenty one okay well it 's a beautiful and make sure, and I know you will uh, give copies our, uh, hopefully the national the library i you know will mm-hmm. and the, the public libraries will all buy a copy for for uh, each of their each of their branches because it is a beautiful, beautiful, unique uh, collection. Well done. That's a great start to our self-published for next week. Eddie O'Mahony, Green, White and Orange, A History of the Republic wearing soccer Short, 1921 to 2021, obviously, and the uh, letter tech is spelt L-E-T-T-E-R-T-E-C. L-E-T-T-E-R-T-E-C. Thanks, Lee. That's all for this week. Uh The series producer and today's producer is Lisa Marie. Barry Carraher hairs on sound and uh, Ray Darcy is next.
0: Live Line on RTE Radio 1 with Kia. Discover our 2-to-1 offers at your local Kia dealer. For more, log on to kia.com. 0818 715
1: 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.